We are back with season two. In today's episode, 009, we're going to be talking about the five dangers of self-pity. Welcome to the She's Marked podcast. I'm Hannah, and I'm honored to be your host along this journey to stronger faith, holiness, emotional restoration and healing, and deliverance for the millennial woman. Join me as we press toward unpacking the heavy luggage of our hearts in pursuit of a life that is distinct, set apart, and built on the practical foundation of God's truth. She is walking in power. She is walking in freedom. Without a doubt, all will know that she's marked. My dear lady friends, welcome back. Listen up. I just realized that I launched this podcast two years ago. It started as an idea, then it became a goal, then it became reality, and here we are. I am so very happy to finally be in season two. Season number one was a very long one. If you just want to know more about why it was such a long running season, go back and listen to a few episodes where I share some of the happenings in my life and what caused a pause in between some of the episodes. Anyway, we are back today with episode 009, and this is officially the start of season two. Before we get into the topic today, which is the five dangers of self-pity, I just want to invite you all, if you have listened to the previous episodes and they have been an encouragement to you, a blessing, an inspiration, please consider leaving a review. I want to be able to get this podcast out to women who are looking to grow in their walk with the Lord women who are looking to be freed from emotional weights and bondage and who really, really want to come into living a standard of holiness, please share this uh, with your friends within your circles and consider leaving a review. Also, if you have not checked out my ebook entitled Through the Turbulence, you can go over to Amazon, type in that title, and purchase it. It is a prayer book that I wrote during my season of lowness, during a valley that I was walking through for many, many years prior to really coming into a full surrender and freedom and deliverance to Jesus Christ. And for those of you who are walking through a wilderness right now, you may feel that you are under a stronghold of heaviness and weightiness and fear and depression, and self-pity, and all sorts of other things. I promise you, this book will be an encouragement to you. I believe more so because of the relatability of it all. Um, some of the feedback that I have gotten about this ebook so far has been, wow, I can relate. Wow, this spoke to me. Wow, I didn't know that I could pray this way. Wow, Hannah, I didn't know that you were going through this. Um, so, it's one for relatability, but two, it is to give you that boost of hope. God has answered every prayer in that book and then some, and I have been completely freed. Thank you, Jesus, from that weight and from that perspective of hopelessness that led to so many other things, uh, a lot of which was revealed in that book. So 
through the turbulence, go over to Amazon, purchase it. It is an ebook. And again, leave a review so that others can find it and be encouraged and blessed by what you might have received from it. Another thing I wanted to add, I am so very excited. I have some merchandise that is coming your way. There are a few things that I have been working on for some time, and I'm so happy to be adding it to um, my online store that is coming. This, These are going to be items that are going to just encourage your faith walk. It's going to enrich your faith walk. Um, I personally love home items, home decor. I love office items. And I know that uh, throughout my house, I have different things, different uh, sayings or wall decals or different um, wall art or pictures that have scriptures or encouraging biblical sayings. And I love, I love to look at them because they're aesthetically pleasing, but I love to see them because they encourage me at the right moment. So I have some items that are coming your way to add to your prayer room to add to your daily devotional or to just add around your home or your office that will keep you encouraged and keep you going. So be on the lookout for those things that are going to be coming to the website. More details to come. So let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. We are going to be talking about the five dangers of self-pity. Now, Self-pity is something that we all experience. Self-pity usually comes following huge disappointment or letdown or sadness. Um, it's something that we've all experienced. But what we should be mindful of is that self-pity, if it is not tapered, if it is left to its own vices, it can certainly become something that the enemy uses as a weapon to tear us down and to keep us under. So feelings of sorrow, regret, sadness, they all can be justified. But what happens when the heavy doors of self-pity slam shut behind you? Thoughts become entangled, dominated, and even seething. The good news about self-pity is that you can grab the handles more readily than any other mental and emotional struggle. You can choose with intentionality, commitment, and consistency to loosen the grip. Otherwise, these five dangers lurk. The first is it idolizes your sorrow. The more you dwell, the larger it swells, becoming a god to you. It becomes your focal point and the basis by which you perceive life. The second is that it imprisons your thoughts, morning, noon, and night. The redundant woe is me melody arrests and torments your mind against your will. This is sure to suffocate any and all hope. I'd like to read a passage from Philippians 4.8 concerning our thoughts. And it reads, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. When we're talking about self-pity, usually 
the record that is on replay in your mind is your downfall, the detriment, your demise, the negative effects and aspects of what happened, the disbelief, the aftermath that is usually mostly always negative in how it's impacting you, how it's tearing you apart, how it's destroyed you. There is nothing praiseworthy about that. Now, what I love about this scripture is that it's not just telling us, okay, think on all these things just to be a more positive person or think of think on all these things to be a more jolly person. There is a reason behind this instruction to think about those things that are true. First of all, the things that are true, self-pity quickly Self-pity can quickly morph into a load of lies. So it begins with reflecting on what might have actually happened to you to cause the sorrow or the regret or the disappointment, but it doesn't just stay there. And that's where it becomes dangerous. It begins to swell. Now, it doesn't swell with truth. It begins to swell with falsehood. So if you've ever received an injury, if you ever got hurt in any sort of way, um, or even if you didn't get hurt, if you've ever experienced any sort of swelling, that is not the real appearance of your ankles. Let's say, you know, I've been pregnant multiple times. And one of the things that happens with my ankles right around that last trimester when I'm getting closer and closer to my due date is my ankles begin to swell, my feet swell. With my last pregnancy, my hands started to swell. Now that's that was not the real appearance of my hands. That is not how my hands would look under normal circumstances. But because there was a situation there that was there for a while, I was pregnant for a while, my body began to react to that stimulus, if that makes sense. So with self-pity, it can begin with naturally feeling sorry for yourself or feeling really, really sorry about your condition. But once it begins to sit, it begins to swell. So my hands, my feet, my ankles were now retaining water, water that is not supposed to be there, found its way there. It took residence and it stayed until my circumstance was done. Now, sometimes with a circumstance or a situation that happens to you, it may not end. Like my pregnancy, I had a due date and I knew that my pregnancy was going to come to an end. But you may have a situation that you may not receive any relief from. So what do you do? You can't just wishful think. You can't just take that permanent stance that, you know what, this has happened to me and this is now who I am. What do we do? So let's continue on to number three. It keeps you a victim. The spirit of self-pity aims to be the end point. You are never a victor. You are always a victim. And in Romans 8.37, we see what God's outlook and intention is for us as his children. And it reads, But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. And if you're familiar with this passage in other versions of the Bible, you may be familiar with it saying, we are more than conquerors through Christ. 
This version that I just read from is the New American Standard Bible, the two, uh, 2020 edition. I want to go up a few verses just to kind of give you some context of what comes before this verse. And let's see. I'll start at verse 33. So if you have your Bible or you want to grab your Bible, I am reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 33 onward. And it says, Who will bring charges against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, but rather was raised. Who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or trouble or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We were regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. I'm going to read a little bit more just for the encouragement of your spirit. And it says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I felt that. Think about any circumstance that you have experienced that has caused anguish, that has caused pain, that has caused self-pity. Think about those circumstances and then now think about this passage that I just read. Number one, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. There is nothing that can separate you from his love. And there were a lot of things covered here. We're talking even about death, life, angels, principalities, nothing present, nothing to come, no height, no depth. For those of you who feel like you are sinking in self-pity, remember the truth. Think on whatsoever things are true. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Even if it feels like everything has been ripped away from you, if everything has just been ruffled and destroyed and you are feeling so confused, you are feeling hopeless because at this point, your vision is cloudy. You have no outlook. You have no feelings. You have no hope for tomorrow. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. If you are in Christ Jesus, if he is Lord over your life, if he is reigning in your heart, if you have accepted him and you're born again, there's nothing that can separate you. This self-pity may make you feel like you are isolated and like you're cast down, but you're not destroyed. Nothing can separate you from his love and you are more than a conqueror. I love this version. It says you are overwhelmingly in all these things, in all these circumstances, you overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. So the lie of self-pity is that you're never a victor. You are always a victim. That is not true. You are overwhelmingly a conqueror. Number four, self-pity attempts to mute God's sovereignty and his lordship. The weight of circumstances becomes more pronounced and magnified beyond what you believe God can do. 
It also strips away humble acceptance of the pruning and maturing that God so often uses our circumstances for in order to strengthen and shape us. In scripture, we read that God disciplines those that he loves. Our circumstances as women of God, as believers, our circumstances are never in vain. The pain is never in vain. You guys know I love to rhyme. (laughs) The pain is never in vain. God has a lesson in every wilderness that you go through, in every trial that you face. It is playing a critical role in shaping you. Today, I was actually at home with my littles and I was listening to a podcast, which I often do whenever I'm washing the dishes or cooking. And so today there was a quote that I heard on this podcast that I really loved and it just further confirmed and reaffirmed what I have experienced and lived in my own life concerning pain and painful experiences. And it said, The past is what allows you to have an opinion in the present. I'll read that again. The past is what allows you to have an opinion in the present. Some of us have neutral thoughts about our past. Some of us have wonderful thoughts about our past. Some of us, not so much. In the end of 2019, I had a vision. I was at a women's conference And this conference was tremendous. It was in Rhode Island and it was right before the pandemic hit. So everything was quote unquote normal. And so I believe it was the last day of the conference. And one of the speakers was so powerful. All of them were powerful, but she was so profound in a lot of the things that she shared. And she talked a lot about self, the dangers of self-preservation and pride and how those things kind of, in a sense, they isolate us from the healing process of relationships that is supposed to take place, especially in terms of reconciliation. And so she was basically, and I'm paraphrasing, but she was basically saying, go ahead and forgive that person. Go ahead and and, and forgive. And if, if you get into a relationship with someone, not necessarily romantic, and they fail you or they disappoint you, you learn to forgive and you move on. So she was really encouraging us um, to really work that muscle of forgiveness. So anyways, fast forward. After she finished speaking, we went into worship. And as I was worshiping, I had a, a vision. And I'm not typically one to have visions, but I had a vision. And in this vision, I saw literally my life flash before my eyes. I saw the year of my birth and I saw many different events throughout the course of my life from the time I was a toddler all the way throughout my womanhood. And some of the visions, it was painful moments in my life, moments where I thought that God had forsaken me. I didn't even realize that he noted those things. Like he noted those things. He was there. He recorded it. It was vital. And what I received afterward from that vision was that all of those things were necessary. Now, if you had asked me during those seasons, during those times in the wilderness, hey, you want to go through this tribulation? Do you want to go through this trial? You think this is necessary for the Hannah that you'll be in 2021? I would have said no (laughs) to the left, please like miss me with all of it. But in that moment, when God allowed me to just have that brief vision, all those things, somehow, I cannot tell you, somehow they made sense. Did it mean it was okay? No. Does it mean that I would want to relive those moments? Please, no, absolutely not. But it shaped and it was necessary 
And aside from it being necessary, God was there. So self-pity will have you focusing and glorifying, in a sense, the self-pity and the impossibility of your situation. And it will make you totally forget that God is sovereign through it all. He is God even in the valleys. He never changes. And at times, He uses those circumstances to shape us. There's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, that reads, For the moment... All discipline seems not to be pleasant, but painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterward it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Psalms 144 verses 1 says, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. There is um, another scripture that comes to mind. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 2 I believe it's verses three through five. And that reads, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him. And if someone likewise competes as an athlete, he is not crowned as victor unless he competes according to the rules. God is so good and so sobering that he even has a purpose in the midst of our pain. And if we will allow him to do his work, trusting that although we fall through, although there is sin in this world that leads to heartache and disappointment and things that just breed trauma, at the end of it all, God is still good. He is still sovereign. And if we truly, truly trust him, we know that we are in his hands regardless. So God does not leave us where we are kind of just these beat down, weak, frail people, but he strengthens us as warriors by these circumstances. When you think about Jesus being in the wilderness for 40 days, Satan came to tempt him and he was at his weakest point. He was alone. He was without food and water. He was in this desert, dry place where he technically was at his weakest, but he did not cave into the temptations of the enemy because even though his physical man was weak, his spiritual man was strengthened. And that is the truest kind of strength because once your spirit man is strengthened, you can stand. You can stand in the face of adversity. You can stand in the fire. You can stand. And the fifth danger is that it subtly fans the flames of entitlement. Redundant whispers of me and I deserve grow louder as they drown you in a sea of discontentment and grumbling. There's a scripture that says, do everything without disputing and without grumbling. There again are reasons why God gives us these instructions for how we are to live our lives. It is not to start a bandwagon of religious activities and law that we should live by to seem more right or more pious, but these are actual guidelines that the Lord gives us, that the Holy Spirit gives us to protect us. So grumbling leads to something in the spirit. Discontentment leads to something in the spirit. You know, when I think of the children of Israel, when they were led out of Egypt, their destination to the promised land really should have only taken them about 11 days to complete. 
But God allowed them to be in the wilderness for 40 years before they entered the promised land. There was so much that they had to learn before they went into this promise. They could have easily entered into the promise physically, but spiritually they were not right. They were not ready. And so God allowed them to be in that wilderness experience for as long as it took for them to get it together. And the majority of them died out before they even got in. Only two people got in and there were, I believe there were millions who were um, released from Pharaoh's rule. So self-pity eventually turns into entitlement because you begin to focus on yourself and what you deserve and what you should have in me and I shouldn't. And so it starts to strip away humility and it becomes discontentment and grumbling, which taint your spirit. Now, I mention all of these things not because, oh, this is a cakewalk. You guys should know how to do this. But this is a reminder and an encouragement and hopefully an eye-opener on how even something such as self-pity can become dangerous. A quote that I had posted to my social media a few months ago said, pain, if left unchecked, will inevitably birth unrighteousness. So this is an encouragement and a reminder to you all who may be handling something that's very painful right now. Trust the Lord God with your pain. Trust him enough to just be able to open up your fist as you're holding on tight. You might be afraid. You might be wounded. Open up your hands to the one that you can trust to let him even deal with the circumstances and the pain. Before we go today, I want to remind you that if you need some encouragement or some pointers during your daily devotional on which scriptures you should look into concerning your situation, take a look on my blog. This is markedlifeblog.com and click on free resources and principles. And there you will find a number of handy scriptures for a variety of circumstances. There are scriptures for worry, scriptures for conflict, scriptures for anger, carnality, repentance, pride, and more. Take a look at it. It is a free resource that is available to you. You can print it and add it to your Bible study, your small group. You can put it up on your wall or wherever is most convenient for you. Thank you for listening and until next time. That's it for today, but the journey continues. Visit SheSmart.com for more episodes, to make a donation, or to check out the Mark Life blog. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, tell a friend, and consider leaving a review. Remember, the word tells us that many are called, but few are chosen. As you go through this week, remember to walk as children of light.